What's up, everyone? Justin here, at JustinODFW on Instagram. Welcome to the Saturday is Dadderday podcast. Each week, I interview everyday dads, and sometimes moms, about their unique experiences, struggles, and successes as parents, significant others, and just plain adults. I also weave in interviews with industry experts in fields that intersect a dad's life. Need help picking out a new bottle of bourbon? We've got you covered. Have a question on how to finally get your kids to brush their teeth? Check. Want your lawn to be bulletproof for the upcoming winter? You get the idea. So, if you're looking to laugh, hear some great stories of parenthood and adulthood, and pick up a few tips along the way, such as what knives you actually need in your kitchen, or a better way to light a cigar, then you've come to the right place. Thanks for listening, and remember, Saturday is Dadderday. Today is sports heavy, but not in the way you might think, so just roll with me for a minute. I, like most guys, have been a big sports fan most of my life. The first time I watched a basketball game as a kid was when MJ dropped 63 in the garden. I became a fan of the now nameless Washington football team when I saw their then QB, Joe Theismann, with a single bar as a face mask on his helmet. Blew my mind. And one thing I've always loved about sports teams has been their uniforms. When I was a kid, everyone I knew had a Shaq jersey, or a Charlotte Hornet starter jacket, or a green Brett Favre number four. I loved seeing just how bright and bold each uniform was, how clean every helmet looked, and even the warm-ups. They just looked cool as hell. As I got older, teams having alternate uniforms became more of a thing, and now it's common for most teams to have several alternate uniforms, and in the case of the NFL, even multiple helmets. Have you seen the Miami Heat Vice City jerseys? Awesome. The San Diego Church or the Los Angeles Char... Let's just call them the California Chargers. They always rock awesome uniforms. Hell, even baseball teams have some good uniforms, especially when they go throwback. But one thing I've always wondered for a long time is a question that I'm convinced would make me a billionaire if I had the uniform deals with all the major sports teams. And that question is, why is there not a special uniform for each team for a finals or a Super Bowl or a World Series or a Stanley Cup appearance? I know in those series they have a patch on their jersey or their helmet, but think about that. How much money do you think the Patriots would have generated in jersey sales if for each of the Super Bowls that they were in, there was a special edition, only worn once, Tom Brady number 12? Totally different and unique than all the other uniforms. What about a special edition NBA Finals jersey of LeBron? New color, different variation on the logo? You don't think that would sell well? New helmets incorporating a different element of the logo. New font. Just a new look for the team, but keeping in the same tone and style and colors as their brand. So you're not diluting the brand of each team, but you're offering a totally special and unique uniform that is only worn for a limited time. And with the exception of the Patriots, it shouldn't be that hard to create a new look for each appearance, because it's not like the team will be back every single year. And if the uniforms go over well, they can be added into the rotation for throwback games, celebrating team milestones, whatever. You could even have fans submit ideas. It would be a different way to engage and evolve the game, especially since the ticket gate is a thing of the past, at least for a while. I know a lot of teams are proud of their history and guard the tradition of the game with great seriousness, but come on, baseball just went to seven inning doubleheaders and starting a guy on second in extra innings. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out that those guys fought to have their games broadcast in HD because it would somehow dilute the history of the game. So all bets are off. So there you go, my billion dollar idea. You can make my check payable to Justin, and I'll spell my last name for you. It's O-L-I-V-A. 
So today we take a quick deviation from our normal interviews with dads talking about dad stuff, and we talk to a dad about basketball stuff. We talk 80s, 90s, and present day basketball, specifically some of the players, and more importantly, some of the jerseys. Tree Rollins. <laughs> you broke me with Tree Rollins right off the bat. <laughs> Mark Eaton. <laughs> That's fantastic. Kiki Vanderway. Yeah, Kiki was the man. Uh, Kevin Willis. Oh, nice. Pooh Richardson. <laughs> oh, Pooh Richardson's Roland- Rolando Blackman. Man, you're going deep into the archives. How about Fat Lever? <laughs> There were so many great names in the in the eighties and in the nineties NBA. Uh, some other honorable mentions here. We had uh, Sleepy Lloyd, uh, <laughs> and then there's always there's plenty. Of, there's some great nicknames, right? You had like Vinny the Microwave Johnson, the Rain Man, Sean Kemp, John Spider Sally, and and oh, sp- Spider Sally. And speaking of Eric uh, Sleepy Floyd, he was actually the guard uh, that threw the ball away at the end of the uh, nineteen. 19- 82 national championship game, uh, Georgetown versus North Carolina. He was the one, he threw it to the opposing team at the very end of that game. I don't know if you recall that, but that was when uh, J- Michael Jordan hit the, the game-winning shot. Uh, and and unfortunately for me, uh, as a diehard 90s Knicks fan, it was the very first time that Jordan bested Ewing in a head-to-head uh, championship-level matchup. And, and that trend, unfortunately, continued into the NBA where – uh, MJ got the best of uh, Patrick and the Knicks virtually every time that it really mattered. So it was, yeah, <laughs> tough, tough break. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but if it's any consolation, your Patrick Ewing kicks that you put on Instagram are pretty, pretty slick. Yeah. When, so when they brought the the Ewing brand back a few years ago, it was it was something that I I gravitate gravitated to immediately. In addition to being a Knicks fan, I'm a I'm a Dolphins fan, which. I, I don't want to try oh. to explain how that happened, but just oh my God. whatever. It's tough. But last year, um, the, they came out with a collaboration. It was an Ace Ventura-themed Ewing shoe. So it's in Miami Dolphins colors, and it's very, uh, you know, it kind of combined Dan Marino and Patrick Ewing. So it was really right up my alley. Um, and, and those shoes are, are some of my absolute – well, they're my favorite shoes in my closet right now. Uh, zero doubt about it. So And by the way, whatever happened – I mean, obviously I know what happened, the internet and YouTube – but man, those 1990s NBA videos yes. that you could buy that were like the best dunks of the year and the best blocks of the year and like all those. And there's like Larry Johnson was on there, you know, grandmama oh, just dunking on people. <laughs> yeah. The, the, so that those videos were a staple and come fly with me, even though I wasn't a Bulls fan, there was something very just quintessential about that. Those old VHS tapes were tremendous. And, and funny story, when I met Ewing, he actually had one. It was called Standing Tall. Yes, and, Standing uh, Tall. Yep. Standing Tall. And I told him, I was like, man, when I was a kid, I watched Standing Tall probably you know 500 times, and he got a real big kick out of that. One really good one was called NBA Jam Session. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember that one, yep. but that was probably my favorite one and because uh, it had some of the hip-hop um, songs yes. re- redone. Like all yes. I want to do is zoom a zoom. That was one, and <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, I know that you, you and I have a bond over '90s basketball. I remember those, uh, those beers that I found, the Thunder Ands. Yes. <laughs> that, so, for everyone who's loving this conversation right now, there's a beer called Thunder Ann. I'm not even sure who the brewery is, but I saw that and, and bought a six pack. Took a 
took a photo of it and texted it to, to Justin here and said, hey, check out these Thunder Ann Marleys. And so not Thunder Dan, but Thunder Ann, but whoever, um, it, you know, created that beer and that branded it had to have been a, a Thunder Dan uh, uh, And by the way, Thunder Dan, back in the 90s when NBA basketball players were tall, you know, but they still look like normal people, he was jacked. Yes. Yeah, he had some guns. And you always hear basketball players, they don't want to bulk up because they don't want to lose their fluidity and, and the ability to um, to shoot the ball. But he kind of threw that out the window because he was known as a three-point shooter. During those years, like the early 90s, when the, the Phoenix Suns were really good, when they had Barkley and they had Marley and Kevin Johnson and Richard Dumas, if you remember him before, yes. I think he ended up having some drug problems, I think. And Danny Ainge was even on the team. But, man, Marley had, like, a year and a half where he would regularly drain threes like Steph Curry does now. I mean, he would just pull up. Like, he'd take one step inside a half court and just drain it. Like, the net wouldn't even move. Oh, yeah, he and was a great shooter. He was phenomenal. I was like, where did this come from? Yeah, the, that team had, you know, Kevin Johnson. It had, you know, Barkley. Oliver Miller was the center. Don't uh, sleep on Tom Chambers. No, Tommy Chambers would dunk on you in a heartbeat. And Cedric Sabalos, <laughs> remember, he That's won right. the dunk contest with like a blindfold. And then that later was the worst out, dunk contest ever. It was terrible, but it came out that he could see through it. And so the whole thing was, was had an asterisk. It was, it was tainted. Okay, so speaking of Cedric Sabalos and the Suns, I was thinking when we were talking about all this basketball stuff that one of the things that I identify most with 1990s, and early 2000s NBA basketball are some of the jerseys. Would you agree? I would definitely agree with that. Some of those uniforms were terrible, but man, some of them were just the best. And you said Cedric Sabalos, and it immediately took me to like mid-90s Phoenix Suns, that uniform, and I wanted to see where that ranks for you, that purple uniform with the sun kind of just shooting across it. Um, and to me, it's like, I feel like everybody I knew had that Barkley jersey. Yeah, absolutely, and and Barkley. Uh, so th th those Phoenix Suns uh, teams were, were fantastic. First of all, the, the the uniforms were fantastic, and and those teams were excellent. And if you look at that era of '80s and '90s basketball, uh, the uniforms were were unbelievable at times. And then the warm up jerseys as well, like the little warm up shirts oh, yeah. that they would wear. Yeah, uh, those were were very iconic. And so the Orlando Magic had a really cool one. Uh, the Suns had an awesome one that had like just tons of color on it. I know the um, the Sonics theirs was was really sweet, and then the the Denver Nuggets uh, had uh, multiple uniforms that were just absolutely outrageous. I can I can picture Kiki Vandaway and and some of those guys in my <laughs> head wearing like the multicolor, just the 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 fusion of different uh, colors and graphics, and and I think that. Uh, the, the uniforms had just a, a huge um, era of greatness in, in the 80s and the 90s, for sure. For, for sure, I think the Suns has got to go down, if not number one. It's tied for first as far as in that era. The best uniforms, the best colorway combination. And there was like something just iconic to me about Barkley. Right. But in that, that purple uniform, and then Nike had the Air Max black and purple shoe with a little white in it and that was like the first air max shoe that the air went all the way through and yes. he had that commercial about like being a role model and everything but like that was just awesome but when i was a kid uh we would drive into town all the time to play basketball and on the way there was a basketball court that 
nobody ever played at because it was so windy. There were no trees around. So it was like you could never, you know, shoot normally. But one day we just drove by it and somebody had spray painted at center court the Phoenix Suns logo and it was like perfect. <laughs> and That's amazing. Yeah. And then like a year later, they came back and did the NBA Jam Session logo, which was also awesome. Yes. Um, so, but for, for the Suns, and you mentioned the Magic, to me, the Suns, right, iconic, iconic jersey, an iconic team. I mean, that mid-90s team that, that met the Bulls in the finals and was together for a couple of years, like, those guys were awesome. But the Magic, like, I don't know how many people remember, like, mid-90s Orlando Magic, Shaq, Penny, Horace Grant, Nick Anderson, like, that team was supposed to be the heir apparent to the Bulls. I mean, they were in Shaq back then. I mean, he was a beast. He was, he was such an animal in the post and he really did whatever he wanted to do. Uh, the league had never really seen anyone, you know, maybe outside of Wilt Chamberlain that strong and big and able just to physically dominate like that. But, but those uniforms, right? So the classic was, was the black with the silver pinstripe and the magic on it, right? Little nod to Disney. And then the white ones, the, the home uniforms, uh, those were also awesome. But then a couple of years into that, they came out with the the softer color blue. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. And then it still had the silver pinstripe, and that was awesome. But, I mean, again, you talk about, like, every kid I knew had some version of that Shaq jersey and then also some version of that Penny Hardaway jersey. And Shaq had the, the kamikaze Reebok shoes. Do you remember? It was, like, the black and white kind of, like, circles Shoes. I do remember those shoes. Those and shoes then, were <laughs> those were great. And then Penny had the the um, were they called the Air Pennies? You know, I think they were. Penny Hardaway had uh, Tyra Banks and Little Penny. Remember that? Yes. The... Oh, that was great. Before he got hurt, he was on his way to. Yes. He was on his way to being one of the best ever. I mean, he was phenomenal. He was really thin, but like he was just he just attacked the basket like crazy. And he could shoot, and he could dribble. And then about that same time, right, he and Shaq were in Blue Chips. Do you remember that movie? Oh, definitely. Nick Nolte. <laughs> Nick Nolte. And, yeah, yes. that's a great movie. Well, <laughs> not really great. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, an it's outstanding great. movie. So we've got the Suns. They obviously have an epic uniform. We've got the Magic. They've got an amazing uniform. And as kids, right, you're just like all these colors and jerseys and just everything is so vivid. The one that really pushed me over the edge um, in a good way, was the Hornets. Yeah, I knew that's where you were going. I yes. absolutely knew it. So mid-90s, right? Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, those guys could play. I feel like, we keep I keep saying this, right? Everybody I knew had the Suns jersey, had a Barkley jersey, had a Shaq jersey. Like Everybody I knew had something Charlotte Hornets just because of the colors. Oh, absolutely. For that one, they didn't necessarily identify as much with maybe the players, because Alonzo Mourning wasn't as well-known as Shaq. But the colors were like, those two colors, the purple and the, that green, that teal, just exploded. And that became like the new colorway for everything ever. And, um, I, you know, Larry Johnson, right? Grandmama, remember that whole yep. ad oh, campaign? Oh, absolutely. That was a great ad <laughs> like, campaign. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, those guys, are, those guys were good. You remember East Bay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the oh, East yeah. Bay catalog, the, the starter jackets. <laughs> And yes. people that, you know, some of these young bucks don't understand how hot the starter jacket was back in the day and how warm they were, really. But, I mean, how just it was such a sought-after thing. Uh, and it, it was just an amazing fashion statement 
uh, to have the starter jacket. And the Charlotte Hornets was was one of the top ones, um, you know, more more most popular ones around. Oh, easily, yes. And I so you were in, uh, you were born. You, you said Tennessee, right? It's kind of where you were. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So and I was up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so almost yeah. like Canada, and yes. still people were dominating the Charlotte Hornets starter jacket. And yeah, that I mean that's the I don't even know what that the is the equivalent of that now. I mean I feel like that was a major status symbol. Like you you were you were living life if you were rocking one of those. And and those teams, some of those small market teams uh, that had such hot gear. Think about it: the the Suns, the Magic. You know the Hornets, or you know, or the Pelicans, or or whatever. I mean, I don't want to say the Pelicans, but I mean, I'm saying like some of those small market teams. Sometimes, unless you live in those markets, or unless they have like a, a iconic player, like a top player, uh, like a John Moran or a Zion Williamson, or or something of that nature. You know, those teams get so lost in the shuffle now. And yeah. I feel like in the '90s they were they were a bit more relevant, and a lot of that relevancy was due to their. Uh, their uniforms and and obviously the magic were really good and the hornets were really good they had talented players but but having that fresh gear uh certainly didn't hurt anything but there's one more i i think we need to talk about well two more but one more uh that is really really important and that is the the 90s to 2000s the first iteration of the toronto raptors jerseys yes i, and I was the hoping dinosaur you were going there. And the pinstripes and the purple and the white and it was just awesome. Yeah, there, there's a picture on the internet uh, that I saw recently, and it was Muggsy Bogues, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Charles Oakley, and Antonio Davis, and they were in those those uniforms. And that was the I guess that was the the starting five for the Toronto Raptors. And That's I was not just a bad like, starting five. What an unbelievable! A, you don't want to fight them because Davis no. and Oak. Uh, you don't want to get in a dunk contest with them because of you know the uh, T Mac and obviously Vin Sanity. But what a what an incredible um, starting five right there! And that uniform was unbelievable. Well, that I mean to me that was like the like the most shocking uniform that I had ever seen, and it was right. So the Raptors and the Grizzlies were announced together, right? And the yes. Raptors just took off. And the Grizzlies kind of never really got it when they were in Vancouver. And then right. eventually they moved to Memphis and it was fine. But, man, with, like seeing Vince Carter as a young buck just dominating the NBA in, with a dinosaur on his chest. <laughs> just, there was just something that was funny about that. Yeah, it's like he had a, a Barney on his chest and he was just dunking yeah, on everyone. That's what it looked like. But man, the, do you remember like the the logo had like the the claw marks through it, like Jurassic Park? And then I don't know if you remember this, but the the floor they were the first team that had a herringbone pattern in uh, as, for the the hardwood floor on their home floor, and they did that. Herringbone is kind of like a triangle, a bunch of triangles on top of each other, and they did that because it kind of was like a, a play on like dinosaur skeletons and bones and it just looked kind of really unique. I don't know if you remember that court, but like Oh I do. Yeah, it was it was such it was so well thought out. And not only uh was the dinosaur uh, phenomenal, I'm looking at a photo of Vince Carter right now in that in that jersey. <laughs> but the 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 font of the Raptors was yes. uh it has this wild R and the the T uh like is like a awning that goes over both sides of the word uh over the rap and then the oars uh so that's just an incredible 
um, uniform and the and the 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 numbers are pretty epic looking. I mean that that whole thing is is pretty pretty sweet. Well, and then a couple of years after that, they went to like a, a little more understated where it was still the purple and the white, but it just and they had a black one which was awesome. And it was just said Raptors or it said Toronto across the front and kind of more like block lettering. But the the finish on the material was like shiny. And that was yes. the one that Vince Carter wore in the dunk contest when he just showed everybody in the world that he's the only person who could do it. Some of the dunks he pulled off were were unbelievable. Uh, remember that dunk in the Olympics where he jumped over the seven was- foot... I was just going to say that. So I was in college and I was living with a bunch of guys and we were watching that and it was on super late at night because of the time change and everything. Right. And that happened. And me and another guy, when that happened, like we just jumped up and we ran out of the house and started running down the middle of the street in college screaming. We didn't know what else to do. Like I had never seen that. Like once you process and you realize he just literally jumped over, not like now where they like, bend the guy's head and they whatever it kind of goes sideways like he jumped straight over a dude that was over seven feet tall yeah it was it's no hyperbole right there that is exactly (laughs) and that's awesome that you clearly remember exactly where you were when you saw that moment that's phenomenal that's phenomenal the last uniform i had on my list and maybe i'm partial because i'm a bulls fan but in that late 90s era yep for two the first two seasons they released a different color uniform for the Bulls. And the first year, it was black with the red pinstripe. Yes, I remember that. That, to me, I know some people didn't like it. I thought that was, like, the coolest thing I had ever seen in my life. And then Jordan wearing just the solid black Bulls uniform, I think it was the year later, in Madison Square Garden with the old retro Jordan Air Jordan ones that were the red, black, and white. It was just like I said, Barkley right at the beginning of this with that iconic look with the shoes and the purple jersey, like the black Jordan uniform with the old Air Jordan ones. I mean, that yes. was just like picture perfect. Yeah, that was a that was a great uniform, and Michael had that iconic that certain way that he walked, and so he'd be walking out in the court wearing that uniform, and uh, yes. If they there had that... certain guys from those teams, all those teams, right? They just like everybody wears those jerseys, but those yes. guys like they just looked correct in those jerseys. So my uh, and and I agree that was an iconic Bulls uniform or, or jersey, but the one that I like the most uh, it was the one that had uh, the Chicago written in cursive. Yes, on, at an angle. And and that's when you know that was young Jordan, and so he was wearing the short shorts and had a little bit of hair, and just yes. <laughs> he was just dunking on everyone in that jersey. And there's a few, I think he maybe did a dunk contest in that one one time. He did, um, yeah, if I remember correctly. But that uh, that one with the cursive uh, Chicago is the one that that really, uh, as much as I loathe the Bulls teams uh, of that era, that, that uniform, that I could not argue with that. That was a, that was a clean one. Bring it in. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have time, give us a rate and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. And remember Saturday is Datterday.